The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Hey, welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, Certified Health Coach, and I work with moms to help them get control of their food cravings without deprivation or complicated meal plans. And I am Mary Preston, a licensed marriage and family therapist, life coach, and the founder of the Goodbye Burnout for Healthcare Professionals program. So if you're a healthcare professional, come find the Saying Goodbye to Burnout Facebook group. Now more than ever, we need to support each other and encourage each other to take care of and value ourselves. The link will be in the show notes or just do a search on Facebook for the info. Also, starting on August 26th, also, this is exciting. Uh, I'm starting a group for healthcare professionals who want to thrive, not just survive through the pandemic. So if you are feeling aimless, hopeless, like you've lost your way and want to get back on track, then check the show notes for the link to my group. And don't worry if you missed the deadline for this particular group, because I'm going to be running this group every six weeks until we are through this thing. Sweet. If you have any questions about our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group or find us on social media. Awesome. And hey, guys, if uh, you are struggling with food cravings, come join me for my five-day challenge each month where we cover a different topic or issue that will help you lose your cravings. It's free to join. Just head over to my website, kisaamaro.com and sign on up. Hell yeah. Head over. They're super fun. They are. They are. All right. Well, onto our topic of the day, which is some of our favorite teachers we're going to talk about. Yeah. In this episode, we share some of our favorite teachers and, you know, that have influenced, influenced our life as well as our coaching. Absolutely. And, you know, for this episode, we're just going to go back and forth through our lists. We both wrote out a bunch of people. We're going to add on as we go. This is obviously a very short introduction to them. So we hope this gets you interested enough to go check out their work. Awesome. Um, so I'll start off. Uh, one of a great influencer of mine was Dallas Hartwig or is Mm. Dallas Hartwig. And he is the author of it starts with food and co-founder of whole 30. Awesome. Um, yeah. And what I learned from him was, um, many things. So I was introduced to him by my friend, Michelle, um, and she introduced me to it starts with food. And this book pretty much changed my life. It was the first time that I ever read a like quote unquote diet book that told you not to count calories. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? How does that work? Like I was really like baffled. Like how does that work? Like that's impossible, right? So it was like mind bending um, for me after living for years in, you know, like the calorie deficit world of starvation diets and calorie counting and eating low fat. And, um, yeah, it was just like this whole new perspective. And this book also taught me 
in a simple to understand way how food like foods affect our bodies and different foods you eat how they just very like it's scientific but it's in an easy to understand language um you know i i realized that every cell in our body needs fat to function like it needs fat and i was depriving my body Mind blowing. of fat right <laughs> we need fat people that fat keeps you fuller longer mm-hmm. you know that uh calories with little or no nutrients that they don't trigger your fullness signals right. and they're keeping you hungry um i also learned this was crazy too that you don't need to have energy crashes throughout the day. Yes. Oh, and man. in fact, it's not really normal. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. This, you know, I, while you're, while you're talking, I'm just thinking, yes. you know, Dallas Hartwig was not on my list, but obviously whole 30 was one of the first and he wrote the book that started the whole 30. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. All of these things just keep talking about Dallas, but I'm just going to keep going. Yes, yes, yes. Because these are all things that I forgot. I didn't know. Right. There was a time, Mary. (sighs) Right. The two o'clock crash that I thought was so normal. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So this book introduced me to just like a whole new way of thinking about food uh, that kept me full and nourished instead of starving and malnourished and eating. Like I was eating, even though I thought I was eating healthy foods that were like low fat, they had a ton of added sugar that I was unaware of, and I was thinking that this was healthy. Yeah. So reading this book really started, it was like the start of a long journey for me to develop a healthier relationship with food and with my body. And I no longer looked at food as the enemy, but as nourishment and fuel to support me throughout the day. Yeah. Um, And I just want to add in a fun fact that I did get to see Dallas in person. It was amazing. Um, He spoke at a convention for my husband's work that I got to go to. And I even got my picture taken with him. Oh, fantastic. That's so great. Yes. I, you know, I didn't have him on my list, but man, learned so much. And, you know, now I think like we're, we're at different places in our journey where we don't necessarily, um, right? Like I needed to go into thinking about my body differently from like a quote unquote diet perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I think it needed to be about food yeah, to get me into it because I was so focused on like losing weight and being healthy in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I don't know, I just super appreciate the way they talked about food where it's like, they were talking about diet and weight loss or, you know, just like being healthy in that way. Like taking mm-hmm. care of your body in that way, but from a completely different perspective that I thoroughly appreciate. Yeah, definitely. Good calling. And I know um, that he is now into kind of like, I don't want to say anti-social media, but he's like into mm-hmm. like, like real connections, like having like real face-to-face connections with people and um, getting back to that kind of like, I don't want to say old school way of <laughs> meeting with people, but right. uh, you know, like turning your phones off for a little bit and enjoying life and enjoying nature and enjoying good conversations with friends. Right. Not just the, um, like, not just the food part of it where I think, you know, I need yeah. to start. Yeah. Um, and I don't think these two are, are on our list, but these two are also like, if anybody's listening and they're like, Oh, um, you know, other people to kind of look up that are, have a lot of 
body of work on these things. There's like Rob Wolf and Mark Sisson. Yeah. Both have a lot of information, not just on like food. I think they have similar food, you know, ideas, but really on that lifestyle. Um, Yeah. Mark Sisson is super fun. Uh, He talks about Mm -hmm. primal living, like Mm -hmm. a lot about like, uh, what is it called? Play, you know, making sure you're playing and not just working all the time. And definitely. Yeah. Super fun. So those two as well. Yeah. Another person to plug in is Chris Cresser. Mm-hmm. Chris He's pretty Cresser, amazing yeah. too. He's more of like an anthropological, is that the right word? I think so. Uh, like Sounds lifestyle. Great. So, but <laughs> yeah, it's more about lifestyle and like stress and mm-hmm. along with food, but it's kind of like that whole encompassing. Right. Idea. Yeah. I think all of those people are kind of along the same, like yeah. food, but also these other healthy lifestyle get back to nature, connect type of, Mm -hmm. um, teachers. Okay. So next we have the one and only Brooke Castillo. Yes. (laughs) Also on my list. Also on my list. Yeah, I mean, I figured Mary would have her on our list. Um, she is the founder of the life coach school and she's a life coach, uh, weight loss coach, business coach, all of the above coach. Right, Right. She basically can coach you on anything. Um, and I was introduced to her by Mary mm-hmm. and I started listening to her podcast yes. and the way that she presented information, tools, and techniques just made so much sense to me. And I still like that podcast, like get yourself yeah. to episode one is still so good. I re-listened yes. to like one of the first episodes again for the mm-hmm. basics, really good podcast. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, And, you know, I always knew that mindset um, and what you think made a huge difference in, like, your life and how you feel and your mood and stuff like that. But I didn't realize that I had control over what I thought and that I choose my thoughts. Right. So I, I almost thought that, like that my thoughts, I didn't, I didn't realize that I could choose my thoughts. I just thought that they came, <laughs> you know, like they my thoughts show just up. came to me, they showed up. <laughs> right. Um, and I think one of the most profound and useful things that I learned from her was that in order to change a thought, it has to be believable. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. this was like, kind of like a light bulb going off for me because I had always tried to work on my body image by going from like, I hate my body to, I love my body, you know, like, Oh, just have positive thoughts about your body. Right. But it never worked because my brain rejected the new thoughts because I still hated my body. But what Brooke explained is that you need to think of, that you need to think a thought that is believable. Mm -hmm. So in order to change your thoughts, they need to be believable. So something like, I like my feet. I like my elbows. I have a body. I can consider the idea of liking my body. Like all of these thoughts were believable and they got me like one step closer to accepting my body and out of the mindset of hating my body. Yeah. There's this one. um, I I don't remember at some point she was talking about like trying thoughts on, like you're trying on a hat. And Mm -hmm. I love that idea. Right. It's like, those thoughts for Kisa might feel pretty neutral and like on, on the way to loving your body, but for Mm -hmm. some people they don't. And so it's like, Oh, I just like, I like my elbows. Let me try that one on and see if that one is believable for me. Mm -hmm. Such a, such a great tool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I also use a lot of her tools when working with my clients. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I learned how to allow my feelings and process them without using food. And this was life changing. And it is really what helped me stop overeating and obsessing and craving food all of the time. Yeah. Um, I use her tools all the time. One of the things, you know, with a lot of these folks, like they're kind of interconnected, right? I, Mm -hmm. over time, you know, you notice that nobody really has like a necessarily like new idea, right? right? Like a lot of these people, the, what they're doing is they're taking old information and they're packaging it differently, which is, you know, which is how life works, right? Like people have been doing this for centuries. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like about Brooks tools is how useful it is, right? Cause it's not new that our thoughts create our feelings and those right. drive our actions, Right. But her tools are the way that she presents them are super useful. And so that's why I encourage everybody to go to her because the way she presents them is very practical. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, yeah, I get it logically, but then what do I do with it? And so that's what I really like about her work. Yeah, definitely. Um, so one of the first on my list <clears throat> is Martha Beck and so she is the first life coach I ever ran across years and years ago. Right? I didn't even know what a life coach was. Um, and I can't remember how long ago it was. But anyway, I had signed up for a course called Finding Your Purpose <laughs> because <laughs> I, this was, you know, when I was super depressed. Um, oh, Kisa, this was the time, if you remember, when I, I did a box jump and I fell off it and I broke my butt. Do you remember that? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I fell so hard. I like bruised my, my butt and I couldn't oh. work out. I couldn't like walk. It hurt yeah. so bad. I remember so, that. I remember because my husband and I had like blown up the blow up bed in the living room so I could hang out. So I could lay oh. down and hang out. So I was, I had signed. So I was like at a really low point, you know? And so I signed up for this class called finding my purpose. And she and two other really fantastic teachers, um, taught about the butterfly metaphor, which I will never forget. Um, And so I'm going to share it just because I love it. So it's a really great way to look at change that helps every time I'm feeling really lost or hopeless, which, hi, we're in a pandemic. So it's really useful. Mm -hmm. Um, The really quick and dirty version is this, right? So when caterpillars begin the change into a butterfly, they form a chrysalis, right? That outer shell thing that you see. And then they don't just grow wings in there, right? Like they don't like caterpillar goes in, builds a wall, grows some wings and some legs. Um, instead, they actually like fall completely apart, like goop. So if you actually cut the chrysalis open in this stage, you wouldn't see anything but like a puddle of goopy cells. And those cells have a deep understanding of what needs to happen next. I think they're called imago cells. And so they go from like a puddle and they completely reform into a butterfly. So then the butterfly needs to fight its way out of the chrysalis. So Mm -hmm. it's important for this to be difficult. And what they've actually discovered is that if you help a struggling butterfly get out of the chrysalis, it won't have built the strength it needs to survive, right? So if you take away the struggle, you literally take away its strength. Yeah. So that struggle part is really necessary. 
And so she had kind of turned this into four phases that I really love whenever I'm going through a challenge. So the four phases, phase one, dissolving, right? Everything just falls apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? I feel, like, <laughs> feel like maybe the world has experienced a little bit of that recently. Right now, yeah. Um, phase two is called imagining, right? Or it's called dreaming and scheming. And so it's like we have to we have to use our imaginations to decide what's next. And because we've completely dissolved, we've completely fallen apart. We can't use the past, right? We can't use the caterpillar to decide what's next. We have to imagine something new. And then phase three is the reforming, right? It's a lot of hard work. We got to create the butterfly. And then phase four is full flight, which I really love. Nice. I like that, Mary. Right. It's like what, what, and I think we're always, whenever we're in a challenge, we're always in one of those four phases. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to the quarantine, the pandemic, the COVID situation, right. We're, we're all in some phase of this, you know, in different areas of our life. Mm -hmm. Um, But she has a lot of great books, Uh, finding your own North star, great place to start. It's probably always going to be my favorite a lot of practical tools. And she really opened my eyes to the possibilities of the universe that we don't yet understand. I will say she's, she's a believer in magic, which I really, really thoroughly enjoy. She's kind of fun to, <laughs> fun to listen to right now. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm like, ah, you're going a little too far, Martha Beck, but I still, I love her, right? Like, yeah, because she's open to so many possibilities always. Mm-hmm. And so she doesn't, She's just a very intelligent person. Yes. Super intelligent. And such great books. She's got a lot of great books. She's had a very fascinating life as well. Yes. Yes. Um, Okay. My next person, um, we are in the presence of, and that is Mary Preston. (laughs) That's cute. And I had to put you on here, Mary. I know you're going to be embarrassed, but I had to, because whatever Mary does, I have to do. (laughs) She's definitely influenced my life. Um, She has introduced me to some amazing people and teachers that I have learned a lot from throughout the years, Um, including, like I said, Brooke Castillo and even Martha Beck. Like I didn't know about Martha Beck until Mary started talking about her. Um, And you know, she's kept me motivated through my coaching and teaching practice. And she was there from the beginning when I made the decision to quit teaching and start coaching. Like she was there. She was through it, went through it all. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember sitting, talking about it in the CrossFit gym. Yeah. You're like, what if I don't teach anymore? (laughs) (laughs) What if I didn't do this? (laughs) Um, And she's also supported me through develop me, sorry, helping me develop my Transform Your Cravings program. Um, And of course, this podcast. And I don't think that without her, this podcast would happen. Um, I think we need each other for this podcast to go on. We sure do. (laughs) Just our personalities and, you know, whatnot. Um, Oh, yeah. It it wouldn't be here without her. So, And, you know, she constantly reminds me that there's no failing in life. Um, She's an amazing therapist and coach. And, you know, she brings lasting change uh, through working with her clients and, you know, the techniques she uses, the tools she uses. So, and she's sitting here like all embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) 
Thanks, Kisa. That is super sweet. I know, like, Kisa and I have been steady throughout many, many years of doing yeah. many, many crazy things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Thanks, Kisa. You're welcome. Oh, well, how to follow that up? How about with Susan Hyatt? <laughs> how about Susan? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Susan. Um, so one of the people on my list is Susan Hyatt. And uh, I think you guys just got to, like, she's just so super fun. Um, she is a life coach. And she is one of my leaders more in kind of the business world. So it, but also for me, I follow her for business, but she also does a lot for, um, weight loss slash like body image. She is a coach that has completely built a business around actually just being herself, right? Like no, she, no fooling around. She's not faking. Um, she was a student of Martha Beck. And so there's a lot of, um, common ways of thinking about things. But she is super quirky and wild and not afraid to buck the system. Um, She's really an example of someone willing to speak up and be herself, no matter how terrifying that can be. And that, as a woman, you know, I have just found really refreshing, just like super important to see a woman where like a businesswoman, right? Somebody who is makes a lot of money and is super professional, but also wears like uh, skin tight leather pants when mm-hmm. she does talks, right. Or topless, um, skinny dipping on her retreats. Mm-hmm. Um, she also created the bear method, which is really great. She's got a book by the same name. Totally recommend it. Um, it's a move away from dieting and very much towards self-care and self-love. And she works a lot. She's doing a program now, I think for teens, which I think is really important, right? Like talking about the way that we talk about our bodies, the way that we show up as women in the world. And so going to like a younger generation, I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. Um, So you should go find her. I follow her on Facebook. Totally worth it. Even if you don't care about either of those things, business or weight loss. (laughs) She's so fun. Um, I put on here two, two women I follow when it comes to, um, racism. I have not been following these two as long as I have the other two, but I feel like if we're going to talk about teachers, we should really talk about the people that, um, we're also learning the most from right now. Mm -hmm. So the first one is Rachel Cargill. Um, I think a lot of people have probably heard her name recently, you know, just because of the, like how much eyes, the Black Lives Matter movement has gotten after the death of George Floyd. And um, she, Rachel Cargill is a wealth of information. And if you have not checked out her website, um, used her workbooks, um, she has a ton of free resources. And she's like just so much information. So a lot of information for white women, especially to take it our, a look at our role in the system of racism. Um, and another woman who has been really important to me, um, in this same field is April Dawn Harder, LCSW. And so she runs the racism recovery center. She's super brilliant. She's a great resource for white women who want to better understand how we are an active part of the system of racism. I really like the way that April looks at racism through, it's like a psychological lens, 
you know, a lot of folks that I follow and I'm learning from and the books that I'm reading, it's like, I need to know how I am a part of the system, but so many times it doesn't feel like I really know what to do then. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, right. yeah, I get it. Like, so like, there's so much sickness in this system. Right. And mm-hmm. just being alive as a white woman, I am a part of it. But then it's like, okay, but how do I show up? What is the right way to show up? And what I really like about April Harder is, you know, one of the first things she recommends is therapy, right? Really dealing with your trauma, really dealing with your, your own mental health. And of course, right, like doing those things that the other leaders are saying to do. But for her, she's like, if your boundaries aren't strong, then you're going to show up in a shame-based way right? If your boundaries aren't strong, you're going to show up in a way that is unhealthy, right? It's a codependent relationship. Um, If we have not done the work to heal our own trauma, and then she's done a ton of research on how racism is connected to um, systemic trauma and narcissism, which if you're interested in psychology, super fascinating. It's really interesting. It's really good. Um, Okay next person on my list. Oh, I'm really going to love. We're talking about the old Dr. Phil. Yeah. The old one. The old Dr. Phil. I can't be honest if I don't mention Dr. Phil because I actually learned a lot from him in my early years. And yes, for sure. He's a bit of a quack. Um, especially now I ha- can't even turn his show on anymore. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. But I can't, I can't not say how much I learned about boundaries and self-care from like his really early episodes. And listen, I would never do therapy the way his show portrays it ever. But he did have, what I really loved was he had this like huge team of researchers that allowed him to share a lot of knowledge that I've actually found very useful in my years. Mm-hmm. And so why I'm sharing Dr. Phil, I don't know, like I want to give him a nod I don't know that you should go watch him or read his books necessarily. He's got good information, but man, I got to, you know, I got to tip my hat to old Dr. Phil. Yeah. (laughs) A good one. Um, sorry. I have a whole bunch over here on my list. Um, my next one is Eckhart Tolle. So I have to second this mm -hmm. one. Second you're, you're in on the Eckhart Tolle. I'm in, I'm in on this one. Yep. Not on Dr. Phil, though, huh? No, no sorry. <laughs> he never really had an, a big influence on me. <laughs> um, yeah, so Eckhart Tolle, he, so he wrote two really uh, powerful books. And I'm actually, I'm re-listening to The Power of Now right now. Mm. Um, what I really love about him and why I wanted to put him on the list is because he explains mindfulness and like being in a way that helped me really feel it rather than just like logically understand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't really say much more than that, right? Like I, I can't explain his books. I don't know. He's got like a really interesting life, but the way he talks about um, just like the ability to watch our thoughts and, you know, um, to be intentional and like the way that we're connected to the world, it's just really worth listening to all of his books. I, to me, they're life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next one is Byron Katie, who I've mentioned before on podcasts. And I think this was the reason, I think we were like one of the last podcasts I was like, Byron Katie, I want to explain all of her work. 
Um, she, her early work, again, she's another person who I'm like, ah, current Byron Katie. I don't know. She's, she's very much a spiritual person. And sometimes, you know, there's some gurus who like, they get so, so into their own work that she almost seems like disconnected sometimes now, Mm -hmm. but her early work is priceless. And, you know, her story is that she basically like accidentally fell into like this Buddhist state of (laughs) non-suffering, right? She just like, she was this super angry, depressed, terrible, you know, from what she describes it, you know, just really confrontational, really upset all the time, human and really fell to like the lowest of low and then just like woke up one day unexplainably in a very present state of mind. Like she has this story where this like roach walked across her leg and she was just so present in the moment that it didn't freak her out. (laughs) Wow. She like, she was just able to see her thoughts as just thoughts. And she had one of those moments where I don't know, right. Like, is it a psychotic break almost kind of right. But I think sometimes though they move us in a direction that's helpful and her work is really incredible. She does, um, what is it? The four questions and a turnaround. And a lot of my work is based on her work, right? And her first question is, is it true? And that question I ask all the time, right? Like I have a thought, is it even true? Um, so you should look up her work. She's got a lot of free stuff and she does a lot of, a lot of trainings online. She's super fun to watch too. Um, and I think this one's the last on my list. Mama Gina. I gotta, I gotta throw her in here last minute. Cause I almost <laughs> forgot. I can't forget Mama Gina. Mama no, Gina. I can't forget Mama Gina. Gosh, what is, what is her real name? Oh, it's going to blank on me. I'll look it up. But anyway, Mama Gina and subsequently Mary Lofgren, who is my best friend from high school, are passionate teachers about the power of pleasure. So Mary introduced me to Mama Gina many years ago because she was working for her team. And this was the first time I had ever thought about the fact that the suppression of our sense of pleasure, both sexual and non-sexual, is just like totally making us all sick right? No wonder we're unhappy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like right. when you think about it, like unless we turn our brains in that direction, we don't even think about it. But when we think about it, it's like, oh, duh, right? The pursuit of discovering what turns us on at all has been shamed and totally called immoral. So no wonder we don't know what we want, right? <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Just the, the act of looking for what pleases us has, has, we've been told that's wrong. And so of course we don't know what we want. We don't know what's going to make this life worth living. And so looking into Mama Gina, looking into Mary Lofgren's work, um, Mary does uh, sacred sensuality. Mama Gina is the power of pleasure and such awesome, awesome books by both of them. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple more and they are not people. Yeah, but I just wanted to, you know, like when I was thinking of like people or things that have influenced me, like these two came up and um, especially like more in my like recent, shall I say recent uh, time on earth <laughs> journey, <laughs> my recent journey. Um, so, okay. So one is CrossFit. Yeah. 
Um, like I said, it's not a person, but it's taught me so much. And I went through a huge journey with myself through this. Um, so before CrossFit, I was like cardio queen. I would run all the time, you know, hike, paddle, canoe to get cardio in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that this was the key to weight loss. This was like the golden ticket. Yes, <laughs> and cardio. Cardio. Um, you know, I can remember spending hours in the gym on the treadmill or elliptical or a stair stepper because I was just trying to burn calories, like just burn as many calories as possible. And I thought the more calories I burned through cardio, the more I would eat, um, or the more, you know, weight I could lose essentially. Um, you know, you think of like, oh, well, I, I ran an extra mile so I can have some ice cream or, you know, Um, yeah. So when I started CrossFit, I was definitely skeptical that I could work out for just an hour and lose weight or maintain my weight. Right. And I remember having a discussion with, um, Mary, you remember LJ? Oh yeah. He was in our like first class together. Oh, our first intro class. Yeah. Love you guys. Nod to you if any of you are listening. Right. And I remember having this conversation with her, like, I think she was skeptical too. Like, how does this work? Like, we're only working out for an hour. I don't get it, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, but I didn't, it's not like I got like fat all of a sudden. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, I will say that I did gain weight, but it was like, I also got a lot stronger. So, and like more defined. So like, it didn't really matter to me. And that's right. kind of like what I loved about CrossFit. Um, is that it wasn't, it's not about like weight loss. It's not about like looking a certain way. In fact, I feel like it kind of like defies kind of like what the, um, what would you call it? Like the perfect body would be like. Yeah. I remember like, um, like, especially in the beginning, you know, like along the journey, it was like cardio was all about, we just need to be like as thin as possible Mm, (laughs) for some reason, (laughs) which makes me laugh now. Like how thin can you get? (laughs) Um, and then, you know, CrossFit was really, it was like, Oh, like having muscle was also really beautiful. Right. It was like step one of let me add muscular women and big booties. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. CrossFit women got big, big glutes (laughs) and hips. Yes and shoulders, right? Like Uh not everybody, of course, but like I saw, I was able, I saw more of my body shape in CrossFit, honestly, Mm -hmm. like big shoulders and like strong versus like super thin. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you just felt a little more comfortable and Mm -hmm. kind of fit in, so to speak, versus like trying to like struggle and struggle and struggle to reach this unattainable thin body. Mm-hmm. by running for hours. Yeah. And it was so much more about like, like how much can you lift yeah. versus I'm working out so that I burn calories. It was like, Oh, like, like hitting those gains. Yes. Yes. It was all about, how and it was pull like, ups can I do? Right. Right. And it was, it was more of like a competition with yourself. Yeah. Versus, and like a challenge to yourself. Um, versus like you said, like how many calories am I burning? Yeah. Um, and another thing I love about CrossFit is they don't have mirrors, mm-hmm. which was amazing as well. Yeah. <laughs> so like if you're used to being in it, like a regular gym that, you know, has mirrors, 
and you know, I'll see people post about this, like in some groups that I'm in as far as like, they don't want to go to the gym because they don't want to see themselves in the mirror. Mm, Yeah. And you know, like, like CrossFit didn't have that. So, you know, I literally had no clue what I really looked like and it didn't really even matter. Mm -hmm. And if you're me, you just pretend you're the best looking person in the group. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, and it was also mentally, like not only physically challenging, Mm -hmm. but mentally challenging, which I really liked. I like having that mental aspect of exercise. Like that's just me personally, like what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you know, strategy like, part. Yeah. Like it's like, Oh, well this workout is this. So like, okay, I want to go as fast as I can, but I want to lift as much as possible too. So like, how mm-hmm. do I make this work so that I don't die halfway through? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely, definitely strategy to it for sure. And, you know, like this experience made me really question the whole concept of working out Mm -hmm. Um, and it changed my mindset on what my body needed in order to maintain a healthy weight and to be healthy. Like it just, yeah, like I, I have not run in years. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, besides like 400 meters or maybe a mile, I've done a mile. Yeah. But you know, like I've, I haven't like spent an hour or half hour even Mm -hmm. running. Yeah. It was interesting. I was talking to somebody the other day who was, you know, because it's true. I think for a lot of, I I don't know if it's true for men, but I know for a lot of women, like running seems to be like, if you're trying to lose weight, like it seems to be this thing where like people lose weight easily. And so people get kind of obsessively into running. Mm -hmm. Somebody was talking to me about that the other day and I was like, I forgot how much, how much I used to run and how it felt like such a chore. Yes. And then CrossFit just kind of changed everything. It was like, oh, like you can be really efficient and you can be strong and you can use different parts of your body. And it's not about losing weight and just like total mindset change. And it was fun too. Totally fun. Like CrossFit's fun. And I mean, if you've ever taken a CrossFit class with Mary, (laughs) it can be really fun (laughs) okay so uh my next one is yoga oh yeah and so yoga's definitely had a huge influence in my life especially within like the recent super recent past Mm -hmm. um you know I began yoga when Mary's sister Anna was living in with us in Hawaii. Yeah. And she was taking classes at a studio and invited me to come. And Anna's very persistent. <laughs> um, I think I probably turned her down a few times. <laughs> but she's like, no, come. No, she was very, f- first of all, Anna was like, uh, Mary, Kisa is going to be my friend. And I was like, uh, okay. And then she hey. pursued you. And <laughs> she then she made you go me. to yoga. <laughs> she's very persistent, my sister. Yes. Um, Um, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't think I would like yoga because I was used to like fast paced sports, um, like kind of like this competitive spirit, like even paddling, like super competitive. Um, and I thought it would be boring, so to speak, but I went with an open mind and realized that this was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, you know, yoga really taught me to slow down and to reconnect with my body in like a completely different way than like CrossFit had me do or any other sport had me do. And, um, that 
you know, like I really needed to stretch too. Yeah. (laughs) So important. (laughs) It's like, oh, I should probably stretch more. (laughs) It's so funny. Like how many times have you heard that? And then you're like, oh, actually stretch, right? Actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really like yoga was really instrumental in helping me recover from the birth of my daughter, both physically and mentally. Um, And yoga had no expectations of me. Like you go to yoga and there's literally no expectations. You could lay in Shavasana the whole time and nobody would care. Right. You could take child's pose whenever nobody will care. Yep. Um, And, you know, I wasn't there to beat someone else or, you know, to beat myself in a pose and every day is different and you do what feels best for you and for your body on that day and that time, right? You don't have to do better than you did last time. Um, It also helped me to be present with my body and my mind. And um, it was an outlet and a way to process stress or other emotions that I was having a difficult time allowing. Um, And you can do yoga anywhere. Like you really don't need any equipment. You don't even need a yoga mat. Um, You know, I've done yoga many times without a mat or blocks or straps and, Mm. you know, I still get great benefits from it. Uh, Yep. You can just find a class. Yeah. Yoga, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you put it on the list because so many, so many things to learn from it, you know, even just cause I started yoga probably around the same time, um, with our favorite Anna. yoga, our favorite <laughs> yoga studio with Brigitte. Oh yes. Yes. Um, but one of the things I learned through yoga was because, um, I pushed myself too hard and I injured myself. And one of the things I learned from yoga was the more I backed off, the more I used props, the more I rested when I needed to, mm-hmm. the more I like got stronger faster. Mm-hmm. And I had to like, I backed off totally instead of trying to, you know, people get into yoga and they try to like push themselves into like pretzel shapes. And it's like, stop, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like it's so much about just being patient and feeling what's going on in your body. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, which I bring this up because I, so I'm, I'm going to talk about hot yoga for a second, okay? which I never thought I would do because I took a hot yoga class once in Hawaii and thought I was going to die and then swore off of it. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I do yoga here, um, in the yoga pod studio in Fort Collins. And I was like, they did like a, they did a challenge, you know, me, Kisa, I can't not do a challenge. Right. It was right. like, I don't know, 25 hot yoga classes or something in a month. I don't remember, but I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. Um, so of course, you know, I did hot yoga a ton of times. And what I learned was, and this is why I actually recommend that people try hot yoga. So hot yoga is so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And there are some poses where you literally, and this is, um, it's kind of like the Bikrami hot yoga. You know, I know sometimes they do flow classes in hot and I don't understand that. I'm talking about like the hot yoga where there's a very set, um, uh, roundup of moves, right. Mm -hmm. But there are some moves that you do where you restrict your breathing and it kind of feels like you're going to die and pass out. And the reason that I recommend it is because I've actually found it so useful in day-to-day life where 
I think that I, right, like my mind is telling me I'm going to die, right? Mm -hmm. My mind is telling me that I should be hyperventilating. My mind is telling me that something has gone terribly wrong. But in hot yoga, right, like there's this idea that other people have done it before me and they've told me that it's safe and they've told me it's okay. And of course I need to listen to my body, but if I relax and try it, maybe I'm going to be fine. Yeah. And so it's this idea of, yes, it's so uncomfortable, but can I relax through it? And it's been, I can't tell you how useful it's been. Awesome. Yeah. So get, get yourselves yeah. into a hot yoga class and feel like you're going to die. <laughs> That's my advice. Mary's recommendation. <laughs> oh, so you guys, you know, no tips for you today. Uh, we were joking yeah. earlier about giving you tips about how to find <laughs> these people, but that's just a joke. You guys know how. So if any of these names were interesting to you, definitely go look them up. Um, leave us comments, questions, feedback. Um, if you can't find them, let us know. Uh, we would be more than happy to give you some resources. And um, I think we sh I'm sure we're going to make a list of these, right? Yeah, I'm, say, I'm saying that to Kisa because the truth is I'm not going to make a list of these, <laughs> but Kisa might, Kisa might make, make a, list a list of these for you. <laughs> I will make a list. That's fantastic. Don't worry. Kisa, you are the best. This is why we work together. Exactly. <laughs> all right, friends. That's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for being awesome as always and listening in. Definitely tune into our next episode where we're going to talk about coming back to school during this pandemic, you know, it's that time of year. Um, if you'd like to know more about us, if you have any questions or comments, head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. You can also contact me at my, no, I don't go to my website, <laughs> go to Kisa's website. Kisa has all the information. Kisa's website is kisaamaro.com. K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Mary. Okay. <laughs> um, also, if you guys know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please share this episode with them. Uh, you know, we really want to extend our message to and support as many people as possible. And we do need your help to get our message out. Yeah. And if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. Simply go to iTunes, search for the podcast page, hit the tab for ratings and reviews and click on write a review. Super helpful for us. And that's all. Thanks everyone. Thank See you. See you on the next one. Bye. Bye.